baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. And Amy complains about how awful her life is. No. It's all she ever does. She talks about, oh, everything sucks. I hate this. I hate that. I'm getting married. Uh, anyway. <laughs> However. No, uh, it only, life is only bad. Okay, stop. When you're here okay. and when the office smells like burning plastic. It did smell like burning plastic, and I think we're all high still. A little bit. It's the Chris and Amy show on KMOX, and it is time to go to the Quiver River <sighs> Electric guest line. Uh, Dr. Tally Sherritt is a professor of cognitive neuroscience at University College London and MIT, founder and director of the Effective Brain Lab. Uh, Dr. Sherritt is with us now on KMOX. We appreciate your time. How you doing? Hi, good. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for being here. So just um, people, a lot of times, if you ask them how things are going, if they're being honest, they'll tell you, eh, not so great. But you believe that uh, things are a little bit better than that. Well, I think the point that we're making, which we're making in our book, Look Again, is that there are a lot of good things that we do have in our life. Maybe you have a, a loving relationship, a comfortable home, or an interesting job, but those things seem to have less impact on our happiness than they that they should right so we do have these good things but they don't really make us as happy or produce as much joy as we think um, they should and we think that the reason for that or at least one of the reasons is what's known as habituation so habituation is our tendency to respond less and less and less to things around us that are constant that don't change we kind of stop noticing these things, good and bad, um, and we have less of a response to them. So, you know, if you think about when you first met your partner, right, it was pure joy and happiness. But over time, of course, you get used to it, um, and the joy and happiness maybe is not as um, large as it was before. Right. So it's that kind of excitement of something new or little things that you appreciate. You start to take them for granted in the same way that... Um, I mean, this is a very simple example, but if someone lives in Florida, lives on the beach, can go to the beach all the time, maybe starts to take that for granted, sees the beach in a different way than I would if I were to go there for a vacation and dig my toes into the sand and realize how great it is. Yeah. And in fact, even when you go on vacation, what um, our data shows is that when people go on vacation, the peak joy is in fact 42 hours into their vacation. 42 hours gives them the time to settle in and really focus on fun. From but that point on, their joy starts dwindling, hmm. right? And so it's not that they're not happy on days six, five, and seven or eight. They're still happy, but they're not as happy as they are 43 or 42 hours in. Um, and that's and and the other interesting thing is that we ask people, what was the best part of the vacation? The word that they use more than any other word is first. The first view of the ocean, the mm -hmm. first cocktail, right? First are new and exciting. The second view of the ocean, it's still good, but it's not as good as that 
first, right? The second cocktail, the third cocktail, even the fifth cocktail is good, but not as good as that, as that first. So even when you go to somewhere new, it is more exciting at the beginning and brings you more joy in the beginning. And then slowly, within maybe a few days, you notice it less, it brings you less joy. Uh, how does habituation compare, well, ironically, how, how is com- habituation different than comparison? You know the, the phrase comparison is the thief of joy and we're always like oh, thinking it could be better. That Habituation is totally different than that, correct? Yeah, so habituation relates to um, how you respond to things that are constant or frequent. You're not necessarily comparing it to something else, right? You're just responding less because, I mean, it makes sense. Your brain has already um, processed it, right? So it it doesn't feel the need to process it again, so it responds less. It's a little bit um, like you go into a room full of fresh roses. When you first enter the room, the smell is quite salient. You really notice it, right? But actually studies show that within 20 minutes, you might not even detect the smell any longer. Or a similar example, you buy a new perfume, this happens a lot, and you spritz it on and you can really smell it quite quite strongly. The second day less so, the third day less so, a month goes by and actually most people cannot actually perceive the smell of their perfume because neurons in the brain, in this case, it's what's known as olfactory neurons, they simply stop responding. So it's not necessarily that you're comparing either consciously or unconsciously the smell of the perfume or the roses to any other smell. Um, it's, it's simply a very fundamental kind of rule that our brain goes by, which is we process things, and after a while, if they don't change, we stop processing them. So what do you do if, if you find yourself not... Um, enjoying these little things or not noticing, you know, you go on vacation and you come back and you're supposed to feel like, oh, gosh, I miss being home. This was great that I that I got to come. This is my own bed and I'm happy to be here. What if you're somebody that, that doesn't have that feeling, that you dread coming back home and you get home from your vacation, you think, ugh, I got to go to work tomorrow. Yeah, okay. Um, well, one um, kind of thing that, that we suggest is breaking up your good experiences into smaller bits. Um, so, for example, let me give you an example of an experiment that was done, and then how do we kind of apply that to our real world, to our real life? So, there was an experiment that was done where people were asked to think about a song that they really like. So, think about a song that you like, and then they were asked, would you rather listen to this song from beginning to end, no interruptions? Or would you rather have little breaks in the song? Every 20 or 30 seconds, there will be a little interruption, and then you continue to listen. So it seems very intuitive. Everyone said, well, I don't want an interruption. I want to listen to the song from beginning to end, right? Makes sense. Mm -hmm. But when they actually tested it, they found that those people who listened to the song with interruptions actually enjoyed it more. It's very counterintuitive. But the reason is, if you experience something just without any interruptions, it's really good at the beginning, like the song. You really enjoyed it at the beginning, and then your joy starts going down a little bit over time. You still enjoy it, but not as much. But if I break up your good experiences into bits, well, every time there is an, a break, the joy when you listen to the music comes on again goes back up. So overall, you enjoy things more with breaks, which is not something that we kind of are conscious of. They did the same thing with massages. So people enjoyed a massage more when it had breaks than when it was 
no interruptions. Again, really surprising. So when it comes, for example, for to vacations, perhaps one thing that people may consider is to have more frequent and shorter vacations rather than one long ones, right? If you have these shorter, more frequent ones, then you get more of these first. You get more of these 42 or 43 um, um, hours in. And the other thing you get, and this answers your question, is you get what we call afterglows. So when people go to, to uh, for vacation, not only do they usually enjoy the vacation, they also get a boost of their joy when they come back home. They might, you know, a lot of people, when they come back home, there's good things that they missed at home. But even if there isn't, you get this afterglow. You still have this kind of joy of, of coming back. You also, interestingly, um, have happiness goes up before you even go on vacation because you're already anticipating the joy. So if you have lots of these uh, small vacations, you'll have more of this kind of anticipation and more of the afterglow. Outside of going on vacation, what could our listeners take away from this conversation? What could they do to help break up the habituation so that they enjoy their daily life a little bit more? Yeah, so there's three things. One is break up good experiences into bits. If there's something that you enjoy, maybe it's just watching a TV show, right? Don't watch all the episodes one after the other, right? Kind of favor it. Um, so break up the good experiences into bits. On the other hand, if you um, have some aversive task that you need to complete, m- maybe it's a household chore, maybe it's some ad- admin work, in fact, it will be better for you to just do it all in one go. Don't have breaks if it's something bad, because then the habituation will help you go get through the bad things, because you'll feel less and less bad over time because of habituation. Um, and then the other thing that you may want to consider is um, introducing some variety and some diversity into your life. So if you kind of shake up your world, perhaps you um, interact with the different types of people, you work on different projects, you take a course outside of what you usually, your work experiences, learn a new skill, um, this kind of diversification actually helps counter habituation. And it's shown that people who have more diverse life, they have more of a psychologically richer life. Um, and actually overall experience more happiness. Um, by creating variety and diversity in our life, we're putting ourselves in a position of learning. You need to learn about the new environment that you're in, the new people you're interacting with. And studies show that people actually get a lot of joy from learning, more so than from material goods. Um, there's a study showing where people get money, they're quite happy, but in fact, they're even happier when they learn something new. Uh, You kind of touched on this a little bit with habituation. Does it also help then with really difficult situations and help us not to feel the pain so sharply in the same way that it makes us not quite feel the enjoyment as much? Yeah, so you're right. So mostly we talked so far about how you habituate to the good stuff and you feel less joy because of it. But you also habituate to the bad stuff, right? Um, you know, if it's um, a breakup or a loss um, and even smaller things that, you know, are difficult, even if it's just an annoying noise in the background, the AC noise, over time we stop kind of noticing these things as much. They don't have as much of an emotional impact on us. And so we do habituate to the bad stuff. Now, on one hand, this is great. Right. We don't want to continue feeling the pain that's really strong at the beginning. Right. It's good that the pain goes down over time. It's good that if there's kind of a noise in the background, we habituate to it. 
On the other hand, it also means that we might not notice the not great things in our life that we could actually change, uh, both in our life and in society. You know, we habituate to a lot of things. Maybe it's racism, sexism, um, a little kind of like the breaks in our personal relationships or um, inefficiencies in the workplace. If we habituate to these things, we notice them less and then we don't try to change. So there's kind of a balance here, right? On one hand, you do want to habituate to the good stuff, uh, to the bad stuff, sorry, so you don't feel the pain. On the other hand, if there's something we can change, we actually want to be able to notice it. So we're motivated to change it. That's all really good stuff. Uh, we, we appreciate the conversation today, Dr. Sherritt. Um, and I will, I promise I'll do better when I come into work every day to be happy that I get to see Amy. And I'll, like, I, I take a break every single day by going home. And then when I come back, I'll appreciate yeah, that she's right. here. Is that the point? Yeah, you might also imagine your life without her. You oh. know, close your eyes, imagine your life without her. Oh. I do really with vividness and detail, then open your eyes and every, then you will feel gratitude. Hey, I do that every night, every <laughs> night. That's why I'm so happy to come to work. Uh, hey, Dr. Sherritt, thank you. This was fun. Okay. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Dr. Tally Sherritt, professor of cognitive neuroscience at University College London and MIT and founder and director of the Effective Brain Lab. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 